0: So today I'm here with um, a member of the Revolutionary Housing
1: League. Do you want to say hi quickly? Yeah, hi. Thanks so much for having us. I'm here today to just talk a bit about the RHL, what we stand for, what we're doing. And yeah, we're happy to be able to share some information about us.
0: And I'm so excited because especially right now returning back to college and seeing where everyone got accommodation or rather whether everyone got accommodation, it's so relevant, not just to our age group, but to everyone in Galway, because this also really affects families, um, individuals, older people. Absolutely. Um, So, Can you give me a brief introduction
1: to what the Revolutionary Housing League is all about? Yeah, R.H.L. Totally. Yeah, thanks so much for clarifying that again. Yeah, so the R.H.L. stands for Revolutionary Housing League. And actually, it is a quite new organization. It started just last year in Dublin in 2022 with the so-called James Connolly House on Eden Quay. That's the street name in Dublin. Um, just a bit about the background and the context so Ireland and the Salvation Army that's just a homeless charity they had left um, the house on Eden Key vacant for 15 months which is quite a long time I would say it was a really big functional house a four-story building with heating water and electricity completely running and working so it was capable of comfort, even comfort, comfortably sorry, <laughs> housing many people and providing many services but nevertheless it was left completely unused while people as we all know and you mentioned before regularly died from not finding accommodation like homeless people for example especially in the winters yes. and just suffering um, from homelessness and all the trauma and everything that comes along with it on the streets outside so the RW which stands for Revolutionary Workers' Union, which the RHL back then worked with or collaborated with, um, also with backing of other socialist Republicans. They acquisitioned or occupied the building back then to put it to use, housing those in need, including refugees, providing necessities to hundreds and hosting a really wide variety of events, including cultural, political and also social events. So the Revolutionary Workers Union and the Revolutionary Housing League, they basically joined forces and Yeah, acquisitioned the building even though it is illegal but they thought well morally it isn't and we just want to do something take some action and help people in need like refugees and homeless people and place them there because like I was mentioning the house was completely able to be used. Um, Also to quote from one of our leaflets or from our articles about this James Connolly house why was it renamed to James Connolly House. Um, It's renamed after the great socialist Republican leader, James Connolly, who was executed in 1916. So that's a bit of the background. And yeah, it was open to provide safe and secure accommodation for those in housing need and to help alleviate the horrors of homelessness. We believe uh, alongside the RWU that everyone has a right to a home and Absolutely no one should be dying on our streets while there are, in reality, enough empty homes and vacant buildings. We have like a rough estimate, which is about 186,068, which is quite a in large Ireland. number. Yeah, across the 32 counties of Ireland to provide everyone with a home, really. So the RHL, maybe a bit about us and our beliefs, um, with that context, is we are resolute in the refusal to elevate one human being above another. So we believe in the right, like the basic human right of housing for all people in Ireland, regardless of nationality, ethnicity, religion or sexual orientation. And um, to go back just for a quick second to why the building, the James Connolly House, was kept empty. So the Salvation Army, which is, again, this charity which didn't do anything about it, which is quite sad, they claimed that there had been no attempt to refurnish the building. So there was there were just basically no plannings around, yeah, refurnishing, re- renovating the building in order to provide new services. And that's why activists kind of got involved, because they thought, okay, it has been kept empty for so long now. When is something going to happen or is something going to happen at all? So, yeah, there were many things planned but never put into action, basically, uh, over six months. So that's a bit of the background of how the RHL last year in Dublin uh, came into existence and joined forces with other uh, socialist activists.
0: Um, What would you say are the main issues RHL
1: sees in governmental policies that drive your work? So on a very, very general and broad note, it is mainly capitalism or capitalist societies, systems, structures we are all living in at the moment. Because in a capitalist system, capital, or maybe another term would be profit – will always be prioritized over humanity or humanitarian needs and people's needs in the first place, like as we see now that profit is generated from the scarcity of housing, for example, which exists at the moment, which creates competition amongst us tenants who are Mm -hmm. desperately looking for accommodation. So yeah, a bit about Ireland at the moment, maybe the vast uh, majority of housing consists of private properties in Ireland at the moment. That means that Landlords have so much power over rent prices, about over deciding who's allowed to live in the property. I mean, I guess all of us have encountered Facebook posts or discussions around landlords not allowing certain groups of people to live somewhere. For example, no couples allowed, no people with pets allowed, no smokers and so on, which from our point of view, is already quite discriminating and doesn't allow allow certain groups of people to even, even ask for a place, you know. Because these landlords own the property as individuals rather than the housing being state-owned, for example. That creates just a different power dynamic, I would say. And the government in Ireland at the moment also consists mainly of landlords. That means if we look at it, it makes sense that... No real actions are being taken at the moment because these landlords profit from tenants' competition for housing because that allows them to raise the rent prices extortionately, like we all experience at the moment and within the last years. Thus, they are not interested in building affordable public accommodation because then the people wouldn't be so dependent on the privately owned properties anymore and the landlords eventually wouldn't generate that much profit anymore. Um, also the state's refusal to use empty homes which are already there, like the vacant buildings I was talking about, um, also including over 200 empty council homes like housing, which is already or has been already built for people with lower income, for example, or giving them to corrupt organizations like I mentioned earlier before, like the Salvation Army or another one which I unfortunately can't quite pronounce correctly because it's Irish, but Cabru. So they are just different organizations um, who claim to care about people in need of housing, but then in reality, there are there is nothing really happening. So just to
0: clarify this point, so there are 200 vacant public housing? Um,
1: 200 empty council homes in Galway, so the context Mm -hmm. is Galway, but then also across the whole of Ireland, many, many vacant buildings, also without the council buildings.
0: And especially these like, um, sorry, what was the name again? (laughs) Sorry, um, council, the city council. council. The council housing. So they've been given to charities here in Galway but still no people are living in these homes.
1: Yeah, for example, that was just uh, one example mm. in what happened in Dublin with the James Connolly house. Uh, I'm not too sure about now about Galway specifically because okay. I don't want to spread no, false no, information. No, I just wanted to clarify that. Yes, but sometimes it happens that these housing or these buildings are given to yeah charities or it happened in Dublin, specifically, and they weren't mm, used in a way that was expected. Mm Mm-hmm, okay. Like, it was expected by them to at least do something with it and provide services to people, but unfortunately nothing happened over such a long period of time, so that's quite disappointing. (laughs) Mm, No, understandably so. I mean,
0: a lot of people, some of my friends included, are in dire need of housing. And we're 19, 20 years old. And that should not be a reality for us at any given point. Absolutely. It shouldn't be for anyone. And
1: if you think about it, we are already in a very privileged bubble as privileged students who can afford to even study. So if we look at our reality and how shitty it is already, we can only imagine and picture how bad it must be for even more marginalized groups of people and people... Are not even in our privileged bubbles or sp- spheres.
0: Absolutely. So, what does, like, how does RHL respond to situations of unjust behavior by landlords, for example?
1: So, if we look at immediate actions we take, um, we are showing up to resist evictions, for example, or also naming and shaming, which um, just means calling out landlords publicly. There are sometimes landlords who are known for just acting very unjust, very unfair um, and inhumanly. And we, if we find out about that and do our research and have the information, we would also call them out publicly and publish their names and just call them out to point out what is happening and what they specifically do. Um, We are also distributing leaflets which inform a bit about the RHL and what we stand for, so people can also read through it in their own pace for free, and we are showing showing solidarity at events which revolve around protesting the housing crisis situation in Ireland. At the moment, not too long ago, I think last week, we also um, supported the UGSU or the University of Galway protest for student accommodation, which takes place every year. I, I was there last year as well. So if there are any events which, yeah, also want to highlight the the crisis situation we are all living in, then we show up for that as well as the RHL. Um, but we are also marking empty buildings in Galway and around Galway in order for the public to become more of aware of them, because we know sometimes it might doesn't seem like it. Like, for example, you're on the way to meet a friend or to work and you don't really look around everywhere actively. But if you take a stroll through Galway, you will notice that there are so many empty buildings, even in the city, even in town, which is just so crazy. So we try to mark them so they they become also more noticeable. And yeah, furthermore, um, that might be maybe interesting a bit interesting for people who can yeah who, who, for people who are agreeing with what we stand for we are also hosting or having public meetings from time to time where everyone is very welcome to yeah listen to our agenda and being part of discussions meeting each other and also on that note signing up for rhl is completely free like There are no membership fees or anything like that. Um, Yeah, just to point that out, uh, if people are asking themselves, okay, but how does it work? Do I have to pay monthly or something like that? No, (laughs) like not at all, because everybody's welcome and it shouldn't be based on money and income. We are also doing banner droppings against homelessness, uh, mentioning, for example, numbers. Uh, the concrete numbers of vacant buildings in Galway due to lack of housing and or banner drops against evictions to, to gain attention by the public. These are some immediate actions that have been taken place specifically in Galway because, like I was saying, mainly the RHL was active in Dublin and mm-hmm. just a few months ago or not too long ago, we tried to set up the branch here in Galway as well. So it is still in the very beginning of developing.
0: Have you had any like direct contact with, for example, landlords or like interactions that you could tell me about?
1: Unfortunately, not landlords specifically. As I've mentioned, still at the moment, we are more focusing on um, getting more people involved because we're not so many people yet. <laughs> um, but if the question is if there were conversations with officials involved and in what capacity, then we could answer to that that we believe or have seen in the past that state officials, for example, have rarely been helpful and often make things worse. Like, for example, uh, the guardy who helped an illegal eviction in Waterford even when the landlord was clearly in the wrong and being violent. So we have observed that, for example, Working with the Gardie doesn't really make sense for us as a group because these examples just show that often the Gardie protects the landlords who are often really in the wrong, but it still happens. Or another negative real-life example for that in regards to the James Connolly house from the beginning was, it's a bit shocking now, but A.T. Gardie with a helicopter, (laughs) several vans and weapon but weaponry like weapons stormed the building broke through the defensive barricades and forcibly removed the activists which were there at the moment an operation that we think must have cost the taxpayer which is all of us hundred thousands of euros and they managed to remove just two men (laughs) one of whom is in his 70s like a major show of strength that served only to demonstrate their weakness and fear in the face of resistance. Like this example, which really took place with um, ev- 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 yeah, evic- force forcefully evicting the activists which were in James Connolly House at the time by the Garda and thus also by the Free State of Ireland, just shows that... What I was mentioning before that the state and the government is not really interested in that kind of resistance for different very complex reasons but this is just a real life example of how they really demonstrated as well like it was so shocking like how much force was put into this comparably uh, comparable little situation Mm -hmm. like the relations are so out of balance, I bl- I think, with just a few activists being there and they sent a whole troop of force. 80 people. Yeah. That is a massive And using our fucking tax mani- money to, for example, let this helicopter fly there because it's quite expensive to put fuel in the helicopter, let it fly there, pay the people who fly it, etc., etc. So that's just ridiculous. Before
0: this... um storming of the house or after have there been any conversations sparked up from the side of policymakers or Guardie officials where they maybe looked at your point of view or was it very straightforward this is the law that's why we're taking the house back and nothing else
1: Yeah, it was unfortunately like that there was no critical thinking around it from sides of the Guardi and they just believed that's the law what the activists are doing there is just simply illegal on paper. So we have to stop it. Mm. Have any politicians commented on the situation? And Um, what did they say? Unfortunately, I didn't read any interviews or articles about it. Um, But also I know that there hasn't been that much media attention. And I believe that's also on purpose um, to not spread, that there are people out there who care about the issues around the housing crisis. But that's just my my own personal opinion on it now <laughs>
0: um so when we because we talked about immediate actions what would like long-term action um by rhl and you also mentioned um in our own conversation before this that you work very closely or like come um, collaborate with threshold as well mm-hmm. what would your combined long-term action look like
1: yeah um it's very good that you're also um mentioning threshold which i of course will talk about in a minute now as well so the rhl has never worked with threshold directly but we try to refer people to threshold since threshold gives free legal advice on housing matters um It could be, for example, people who suffer under unfair conditions or feel stuck in unfair situations evolving around housing, like evictions, not getting back their deposits for no obvious reasons, or items not being fixed, like, you know, important items like heating, fridge, or whatever, in their accommodation, or... Or even if the communication with the landlord is not working properly, like landlords not replying for weeks. Like I've heard it from so many people, honestly, even everyone I've ever talked about that with in Ireland. So we like to um, refer people to threshold because we believe it's just amazing that they offer this legal advice completely for free. So people can just Google them or ring them up. And they have been so helpful in the past for us as well. Um, But, yeah, RHL never works with them directly. We just believe their work is important, too. Um, Yeah, on the contrary, um, yeah, us as the RHL, we focus more on direct actions, um, whereas Threshold gives just legal advice and isn't part of our actions.
0: So um, I think we kind of touched on this before. But the advice of RHL and Threshold in situations of unjust behavior, it would be to contact Threshold, for example.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because we think to be aware and informed about your own rights, which Threshold is providing, for example, is already a really confident step against injustice from landlords. And if people need direct help Um, resisting then they can always feel free to contact also RHL directly or even tenant unions like CATU it's spelled C-A-T-U we also in the past collaborated with CATU for example but again they are also uh, an individual organization which not necessarily has to do with RHL but yeah there are what we are just trying to say is that there, there are different organizations uh, to contact for different needs. And Threshold would be the one for legal advice. Whereas people can contact us if they directly need help with solidarity in terms of evictions. And we would show up and be there and support people, for example.
0: Before the we went on here together on air you mentioned to me that RHL a few months back was involved in canvassing against fear-mongering around people in direct provisions yeah can you elaborate on that because I think yeah anything that's kind of like immediately like concerning to people is very interesting to like see what you're doing
1: yeah absolutely so what happened was that some asylum seekers were being housed in Ballybrid Bally industrial estate, which <coughs> objectively looking at isn't even a really yeah good place to live in in the first place. But still, taking that into consideration, there had been agitation from the very far right, mainly the National Party, against it. They were getting people down from Dublin and stuff every day canvassing in working class communities presenting migrants as threats or as taking away resources. I think we've all heard these typical sentences before like oh they're taking away our jobs and stuff like that so there was propaganda revolving around that a lot and many lefties and socialists were scared of this escalating and Yeah, so that's when RHL canvassed the area together. There were activists from Revolutionary Housing League, People Before Profit, and Anti-Imperialist Action, the Socialist Party. All of them were present and involved and collaborated on that matter because we all share an anti-fascist and anti-capitalist agenda. So... The RHL holds that it is the state to blame for the lack of housing and that they are actively keeping buildings empty or actively keeping up a scarcity of housing in order to generate profit and it isn't, for example, migrants or whatever other minority or marginalized group of people. And fascists, on the other hand side, don't seem to care about housing people even One of them later um, during all these uh, conflicts tried to burn down a building because of rumors it would be used for direct provision. So that shows that it's just part of the propaganda from fascists to say, yeah, we also care about housing people, but just our people, (laughs) you know, but that this action shows that this isn't even true and it's really just about discriminating against yeah in in this case for example migrants and that's why we absolutely distance ourselves from fascist beliefs and
0: how was that situation resolved if it was resolved
1: we try to be there actively and protect uh, migrants from fascist attacks and stuff like that like it. I think at some point also became physical, so it was a really chaotic situation. but thankfully, we had so many people um, or other organizations who supported us with that matter as well, so we weren't alone and to be honest, I think in the end, um, the step of replace like placing the migrants somewhere else was the only reasonable action in the end which is of course kind of sad because why should we um back down and and go somewhere else if fascists are being so provocative but in the end it was just safer for everyone and i think that was what happened then and no one was hurt i believe so that's good as well
0: absolutely that's actually kind of a blessing, especially because things like that can escalate quite quickly, mm-hmm. as we've seen in loads of examples in the past.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: So what are short-term and long-term goals of the RHL?
1: Yeah, um, quite generally speaking, one of our goals is to create a larger community network, Um, like to really get in touch with each other, getting to know each other more in the community, in order to raise awareness in more areas and on a larger scale, not just our own little, let's say, left politics kind of bubble, (laughs) which can be, unfortunately, often also a really exclusive bubble, it seems. Like, we want to break that and get in touch with people who also have no political background at all, because, yeah, it shouldn't be the case that it's, again, just privileged white (laughs) students to be honest discussing these matters it should be working class people up the front so we want to definitely get in touch more with the community um, educate ourselves together about the capitalist structures and systems we're living in and how we can actively support each other and fight injustices and to support people in need who don't have any resources at all to support people directly with resisting evictions showing up calling out landlords to make them feel yeah more uncomfortable uh, to show solidarity with people and uh, I have to stress that as well long term we want to focus on in Galway specifically also on taking back empty buildings or to acquisition them just Uh, like it happened in Dublin before as well the only thing is just at the moment like I was saying earlier that we are not as organized yet like our branch in Dublin so at the moment RHL in Galway isn't as big as in Dublin so we have to focus focus first on getting more people involved reaching more people in the community and building stronger networks and see what happens from there then but our long-term vision or goal is definitely to also take back some of these empty homes because they are here right in front of our right in front of us and unfortunately it just needs more people than let's say just a bunch of people uh, to join forces and resources and energy and plan better and more complex in order to to be able to do to do that so yeah and, and also still to spread the knowledge and exact numbers about vacant buildings. I could, for example, read out some.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I think that would be very interesting. It's just
1: interesting to hear, maybe. So the number of vacant dwellings, that's just another term for buildings recorded in census 2022 fell by 11% compared with census 2016 but in the same period the housing stock in Ireland grew by 5% but um, the number of unoccupied holiday homes increased from 62,148 to 66,956 between 2016 and 22, which describes a rise of 8%. So to kind of explain what it means, it means that first of all there are many vacant buildings which are not being used, which could be used for people, but at the same time the ones that could be used as well are often uh, turned into airbnbs or short-term rental short-term rentals which That's the rise which was described in in these numbers and statistics, um, which we criticize so much as well, because if there's already lack of housing, landlords shouldn't use housing available to just generate more profit with it by using it for short term rentals, which is often just used by tourists, if we're honest, and not by people from the community who obviously need long term rental to just stay there and live there, because our lives are are here in Galway, our jobs, college and so on and so on. So there are many, many cases actually with Airbnb where there is, yeah, no real boundaries or rules around how landlords can really use Airbnbs. And often it's even illegal. That's what Threshold told us before what's happening there, because the main so how Airbnb started was that the thought behind it is that people who rent out an Airbnb they actually also reside there like it's it it is supposed to be your own home and let's say you go on travels or away for a while and you can rent it out and and generate a little money with it which is a nice thought you know (laughs) on paper but in reality landlords again who own property can or use these houses or flats or whatever for Airbnbs constantly without residing there, without living there. And that is just a big difference because then that means that they're just making profit with this specific property because they don't even live there. They don't have to return or, or come back. They can just rent it out the whole time, which, create, which really creates so much profit um, and that is just not right and in some examples also illegal um, so that's why it's again good that threshold are doing their work because they are also fighting cases like that at the moment actually so that landlords who do that cannot proceed doing so hopefully <laughs> um. yeah but there are really so, so many vacant buildings across the whole of Ireland, not just in Galway, not just in other counties. And I think many people are not even aware of it, including myself. I also just learned about it and did my research on it in more depth and more detail um, yeah, with other RHL members. So we were really shocked when we strolled around Galway the last month and weeks in order to mark vacant buildings like I was um, talking about earlier and see with our own eyes that so many buildings even in the middle of Galway like in town where everything is so busy and people would love to live because it's close to everything a supermarket's college and they're just completely empty uh, like for, for years and I, I believe sometimes even people living right next to them like neighbors they are maybe not even aware of it like oh okay I don't know I, oh wow I didn't even know my my neighbor flat was um, completely empty for years and, and stuff like that so I think that's why it's important to also highlight them and mark them in order for us to see in our everyday life that already there is so many empty buildings I'm just repeating myself now but there's like so many empty buildings and we could use them but they are just being kept and held empty and yeah we believe it's just our human right to have housing have food have our basic human needs fulfilled without working every day for it like no one should work In order to just survive, that's our agenda. But unfortunately, in a capitalist system, you have to provide work labor even to get the simplest necessities like groceries and housing.
0: Thank you so much for those insights.
1: No bother. Thanks so much for having us and being able to talk a bit about us and hopefully reach some people who think, oh my God, (laughs) we can totally resonate with what was said because we would be so happy for people to contact us. I think the easiest to contact us, I have to say on that note as well, is Instagram. I mean, nowadays, everybody has Instagram. Um, So if people are interested, I could just really quickly say the Instagram names. So the official Instagram for RHL across the whole of Ireland is just simply uh, RHL Ireland. (laughs) And our Galway brand account would be rhl.galway. So, very, very easy to find. So, yeah, feel free to have a look on our, our pages and see what we did within the last weeks as well. Thank you. Thank you so much.